All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. All right, we're eight days and counting from the NHL draft in Nashville, presented by Botano. It's a Tuesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga joined alongside the returning Jay Rosehill. Rosehill, feels like I haven't talked to you in like four weeks. How's it going, buddy? It's good, dude. Yeah, I took a little hiatus there, just the way the days landed. But we're back, baby. And yeah, countdown to free agency. I got to say, this is somewhat of a boring time of year you just want to see shit happen you want to see stuff shape up and you want to get uh get this team ready to rock and roll but uh things move a little slowly this time of year i would just call it the calm before the storm i think we're all waiting to see what transpires obviously in the next eight days leading up to the draft and then free agency but at the very least the calm before the storm i think in terms of what we expect from this maple Leafs team and the unique thing is that there's so many moving parts, right? When you look at the job ahead for Brad Living, he's been one busy man. Yeah, as he should be. I mean, you got uh, you got a pretty good looking team that is underperforming at the critical times, and and he's brought in to to make some changes and fix that. And it seems like he, well, it's hard to say yet if he's prepared to do that. I mean, it's yet to be seen. But he, uh, you know, our first topic here is he's going to keep Sheldon Keefe around, and uh, that's a decision he seems to have made after the last few weeks of obviously getting to know him and and coming to a decision. Hey, did you catch the uh, Stanley Cup parade the other day? Parts of it. <laughs> oh my good, William Carlson, dude, by far my favorite player in the league now. 
Yeah, as why I love it when the wife has to come in and, and grab his arm if that was his wife and be like, you're done, you're done. But that is belligerent. Like they got to cut the mics off after a certain amount of time, uh, boozing that hard and everyone's shirts start to come off. Maybe time to cut the mics, boys. Man, the shirt came off really, really quickly. He almost fell down the stairs. Well, he did slip down the stairs a bit. And then he just went on a ridiculous, like, I don't even know what to call that, where he just talked for like three or four minutes about simply nothing and then how the fans are there from day one. It's been six years, dude. Then he talked about scoring 43 times in his first year with Vegas. Like, he was in one. But from from everything I gathered, they were all in one. I thought it was perfect for that setting, the first ever parade there in Vegas. Oh, Vegas, what a place to have a parade. And I got to say, I like the fact that that still happens. You can let these guys go out and get drunk. You'd think this day and age with all the bullshit, someone would be sounding an alarm and the league would step in and say, hey, this is a bad look. No more of this. No, it's going to be a dry parade now. You can. It's nice that you can just go out and see the guys and uh, you get stories like that where they're actually, you know, cutting loose and being themselves and you can see them for once in a while not be all uh, prim and proper like their interviews are all year long. So I love it. Yeah, that's what we're striving for in this game. There's no doubt about that, especially when you compare it to other leagues like the NBA and the NFL and, and Major League Baseball, where there, I think there's a bit more personality on a daily basis. It's great to see that. So if it includes alcohol, so be it. William Carlson, has anybody located that guy following that parade? But full value to the Vegas Golden Knights. Also remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take. And of course, we'll pop up. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. We'll get to them a bit later on the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. All right, let's kick things off with, um, I guess, a bit of headlining news from yesterday, albeit I think we expected this for the last couple of weeks, specifically when Brad Living came in and it wasn't a quick cook for Sheldon Keefe. But Elliot Friedman confirming on the 32 podcast, 32 thoughts podcast, excuse me, on Monday that Sheldon Keefe will be staying as the head coach. What's your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny. It would be easy to, you know, attack that and say they're running it back and they need to blow this thing up and more of the same, that type of thing. But I choose to be positive and think about, you know, the fact that he's been there a few years now. He is experienced. He knows what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I think that it's nice to give a guy a chance to, you know, analyze what happened make the changes, build on what does work and hopefully make the changes to what doesn't work. And um, I am under the impression that he's quite a good coach and that he, he is well liked in that room and well respected. And, and he, he puts in the time and the effort and the care. I hope that, you know, the things I didn't like about him were certainly that the amount of ice time he gave to people who were detrimental to the, to the score, to the team and how loyal he was to certain players who just have absolutely no business being out there in the last few minutes of a game or a period. And, and we all know who we're talking about. And yeah. then also the way he was putting the lines in a blender and just could not come to any bloody decision on who should play with who. Uh, those are the two things that bothered me a lot. And I, I hope this year that that they're addressed. And if they are, then I'm all for uh, giving this guy another trip around the sun trying to get something done in Toronto. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for a variety of reasons. I think anybody, anytime somebody comes in, I think they have sort of a wait and see period or an anal- analysis period. I think that's what you're going to see a bit from Brad Living. But I think it's so unique because he comes into a setting just direly needing a victory and hunger 
and wanting to do something substantial in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I like the fact that Bradshaw Living is going to give him a shot. Um, he, he also won't use one of his bullets because GMs always have bullets, what they can use in the chamber. And obviously the first one will probably be changing the coach and bringing in somebody that he's familiar with. So that's probably something for down the road. But I think at the very least, he's going to give him a legitimate shot. But I, I think you're right. Like, I think when you look back at the body of work of Sheldon Keefe, he's had a lot of time to figure this out and he has it. And I think there's some things that you probably want to see different. Um, having said that to your point about, um, you know, having favoritism in terms of some players, I think you, it's easy. You take some of those players away and the majority of them are UFAs and you throw new guys at them, right? Yeah, for sure. That can change a lot. And I mean, it's, uh, you know, so many people are just like, fire, even get rid of this. It's yeah. like, okay, well, okay. You're in, you're in charge now. You're sitting in that captain's chair. Who do you bring in? Wh- who's better? Like who is, you don't make a decision unless you know that you are going to benefit your team by making the decision and it's easy to say fire Keefe he hasn't won the Stanley Cup okay who are you bringing in and why is he better and is he proven is he unproven does he know the market does he know the pressure does he know the players does he have the respect does he know the systems does he know the background the answer is probably no right now you know and again if you know um, Paul Maurice was sitting in the weeds I would make the change. I would fire Sheldon Keefe and hire Paul Maurice. I have liked that guy since he was in um, Carolina and in Winnipeg. And I just like the way he thinks. I like the way he wins. I like the way he operates, but he's not available. And I, I think that plays a huge part in making a decision like that, that a lot of casual fans don't, uh, don't put any emphasis on. They just say, fire this guy. And then two weeks later, someone else is hired. Who the hell is this guy? It's, it's just easy to pick everything apart, but decisions need, need to be made based on, on facts and availability of, of positive changes. And it should be that way, right? I don't think it's about money. I mean, MLSC has all the money you could want in the world. I think, you know, we're also hearing the fact that they're looking at talking extension or they have already with Sheldon Keefe. That makes a lot of sense they don't want to go into the year with a lame duck coach if they have to fire him they have to fire him again money does not matter but i think you're so right uh people want to play armchair gm and say hey just can this guy well okay who are you going to hire if you look out there at the coaching carousel this offseason there were some names but again like there isn't that one perennial name where like they have to fire keith to hire this guy yeah for sure and, and and that's just where it lands and I believe that's why they've come to this conclusion and again uh if if Keith is an objective thinking guy and says okay what do I need to change for this year to make it a different result than we had second round great you had some success you've had success in the regular season so obviously there's some pieces there that that you can work with no question and you've built on things and and hopefully you know to continue building on that he makes some uh some changes and thinks about what went wrong and what needs to to be better and makes those changes and you know all you can do is is assume he's going to do that and hope that it uh it goes it goes well so as mentioned i think from day one even dating back a couple weeks like we've all figured that this announcement or lack thereof was coming that sheldon keith was going to stay like as soon as i found out sheldon keith was with brad true living thinking about potential replacements for spencer carberry i'm like why would they fire this guy now so three names were floated yesterday via the 32 thoughts podcast by jeff merrick Carl Taylor, Todd Nelson, Mitch Love. I could also confirm Bruce Boudreaux has not been contacted or interviewed for the position. Sounds like Travis Green was in the mix as well, chose the job in New Jersey to replace Andrew Brunette on the Devils bench. So Taylor's 52, currently the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals in the AHL. Nelson, 54, currently the head coach of the Hershey Bears, who are in the Calder Cup final. And uh, Mitch Love, of course, there's that relationship with Brad Living 
Uh, not get the Calgary Flames head, head coaching job. He's the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. And, and that relationship is big. I, I'm just fascinated to see who they're going to bring in, who makes sense. What would you be looking for in, in, in an assistant coach here? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how little effect they have in the media and in interviews uh-huh. and whatnot. You don't, I, I couldn't even name all of the, the assistant general managers on a lot of teams that you follow or assistant coaches, sorry, but they, they just stay out of the limelight big time, but within the dressing room and in an NHL uh, locker room, um, in the meetings, in the video, in the presentation of drills and at practice, they're, they're very present. And a, a a job of a good assistant coach is to have a very good hold of the room, what's going on, have the relationships with the guys, and they could kind of go in one-on-one and talk to guys in the gym or while they're warming up on the bike or having a breakfast burrito or something, and you're, you're bullshitting with them about what's going on, where's your head at, and you know that some guys need that, and you know your players, you need to maybe crack the whip on some guy, maybe maybe stroke another guy a little bit and, and bring them up and there's a lot that goes on with those assistant coaches. I don't think they ever get the credit and they certainly don't get the spotlight, but I want you to bring in a guy who understands the room, understands the players, understands um, the market that they're in. And, you know, the guys that you've mentioned have all had success, but being in a, being a head coach in an American hockey league team is much different than being an assistant coach in, in an NHL locker room. And, you know, as much, success as say Mitch Love is being had at the American Hockey League level. I, I just don't see how that translates to being a good assistant coach for the to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nothing against him whatsoever. It's just a very different job. Maybe he's more suited to be a head coach somewhere and he's had a lot of success with the Wranglers and they had a dominant team this year. But does that necessarily mean, oh, well, we got to hire him to be the assistant coach of the Maple Leafs? I don't really see that. I think it really, really has to come down to personality and the way they fit that mold within the locker room. And I just think that's a that's a very tough thing to find. It's a very personal thing. I just wonder from Sheldon Keefe's standpoint, and this can go for every head coach in the league, you're, you're the major principal involved in hiring somebody who's going to be on your bench. How much is this about not hiring somebody who could uh, you know effectively take your job one day? Because... Again, I've been banging the Bruce Boudreaux drum since three years ago, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. He hasn't been contacted. He hasn't been interviewed. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you start to think about and say, hey, why? This makes so much sense on the surface. He can run a power play. He's offensive minded. I think when you mesh him in with other coaches on that staff, it just makes so much sense. But how much is this about Sheldon Keefe and not wanting to bring somebody in who could potentially take his job one day? Yeah, I disagree with you, man. I think that if you if you bring it, I like it when guys are are have their own thoughts and and can not necessarily challenge the coach, but bring new ideas and open doors and different ways of thinking and different options. And hey, what about this? And really working together cohesively towards a goal. And when you bring in a guy like a Bruce Boudreaux with his with his uh, resume and background, I think that there's just a recipe for friction for headbutting, for ideological differences. And all of a sudden, Sheldon Keefe's starting to think about, well, was this guy coming for my job? And then all of a sudden, Bruce takes, uh, you know, his voice is ringing out a little bit louder this week. And he kind of took control of that meeting and in that video thing. And what's this guy trying to do? There's too much bullshit in Toronto going on in people's minds that you need to try to block out and, and focus on what's important without having a uh, power struggle at the coaching level. I just, I just don't see that working. Is Bruce Boudreaux had success? Is he a good coach? And all the things that you mentioned, yes. But to throw him in the mix 
as far as being an assistant coach, I just think opens the door to more problems and solutions. Yeah, I would just say that it hasn't worked to this point. I don't give a fuck who's been on Sheldon Keith's bench. They haven't done shit. They won a round against Tampa, didn't show up against the Florida Panthers. So that, that's that's just my thinking. I, I totally comprehend where you're coming from. And ultimately, what do I know to say that, you know, a guy like Bruce Boudreaux would be effective or not in that role or somebody else? Like they've had good assistants. How do you quantify a good assistant? I don't know. Because last time I checked, this Leafs team is impeccable on paper. Like you can run that power play with all due respect, man. Like taking nothing away from the job that some of these guys have done the last couple of years, you know, the Carberries of the world and obviously Manny Malhotra and others, but like th- that's my wonder. And again, that's why I want to ask you being a former player in this league, how much of an effect does an assistant coach have on a roster on a team? And not to say they're babysitters, but they're pretty much babysitters. No. Yeah. And the, the thing that I like, like the Manny Malhotra's and stuff, if, if a guy that's uh, that's played a long time, yeah, that has is still, not so far removed from his own career that he can relate to the players and just that age group of, of a guy who's, who's retired, but still kind of got a pulse on what's going on within the league. It's not like he played in the 1960s with no goddamn helmet on. It's like, what does that guy know about this kid that just got drafted? You know? So I, I, I like it when a guy has been a player and is, is, I don't know, within the last decade um, or so retired from the game and he can kind of, straddle both sides of the fence he understands what's going on in the coaching locker room he's got the video breakdown he's got all the the stats and all the shit going on with the management and the coaching staff but he's also got his foot in the locker room finger on the pulse of what's going on with that team what's going on with the locker room and how everyone's gelling and can kind of play both sides of it I always thought that an assistant coach with those types of attributes had the most success and for us to sit here and say well this guy needs to do that and that guy I think is ridiculous because we don't know any of these guys personally we don't know what the locker room vibe is like and ultimately the person that's going to make that decision and put that person in place as an assistant coach needs to know all those things and for us in the media to sit here and say this guy's good and that guy's good is kind of ridiculous because I really think it's one of the the biggest spots where where all of your own thoughts outside of the room are completely irrelevant. The only thing that matters is that guy's personality and how it gels in that locker room. And you cannot know what that's like unless you're in it. Yeah, it's fair. And uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. It's just so unique that there are so many moving parts to this Maple Leafs team. And again, we mentioned it when he got hired. I don't envy the job of Brad Living because he's just doing everything. Like he was in Arizona last week. They're looking at new assistant coaches. Uh, the buyout market, something that's come to the forefront the last sort of while since Friday. And on Monday, Frank Saravalli floated the idea of the lease buying out TJ Brody this week, which is kind of interesting. He's got one year left at five million bucks. A buyout would clear out all of Brody's five million dollar cap hit in year one. It would be two point five mil in year two. Should the lease buy out TJ Brody? Hmm. Tough one, man. Tough one. I mean, you're looking at, I don't know, I was reading this morning, you know, they've got 9 million bucks to work with. That doesn't count putting Jake Muzzin on long-term IR, which would open up another. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can't remember exactly, but pretty substantial amount. Yeah. And if they can do something with Matt Murray's contract, all of a sudden you're up over that 15 million bucks a year. Um, to work with in the salary cap. So it all depends on what do you plan on replacing TJ Brody with? Is is he a perfect Norris Trophy winning defenseman? Well, no, but I, I liked him at a lot of points in time. There were some times where he got kind of scrambly and out of position and it was like, what the hell was that? Um, I really wish he was more physical. I wish he played with more jam, more grit. I wish he was tougher in a sense where he would, you know, play a little bit meaner. Um, so. I'm not against buying him out. That's kind of a big chunk of change to pay a guy who doesn't have all those attributes. But at the same time, he, he fills some holes. He can move the puck. He can he can eat up some big minutes. So it all depends on what you have your eyes on as far as replacing him. And if you got you know your 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 lines in the water and and you you've got some ideas and you've had some talks with some people and some GMs and some backdoor conversations about who you can get your hands on. If it makes sense, pull the trigger. I say no way. I get what you're saying, but to base this on one tough year by TJ Brody, I think is egregious. Not to mention, I know for a fact, this guy was dinged up for the majority of the season. He wasn't healthy. Um, his postseason was not great. Having said that, again, there's that relationship to Bradshaw living from their days with Calgary. I just think this would be the last guy, maybe famous last words. I think this would be the last guy that Bradshaw living looked at buying out. Like, I get why it makes sense to have no cap hit going into this summer, freeing up like five million bucks. I think would be fantastic. And knowing the caps going up next summer would be huge. But that five million bucks, so you take TJ Brody out, you're looking for a replacement for TJ Brody. And you're probably going to use that money. Is there a name out there on the market that makes sense that's such a huge upgrade over TJ Brody? If there is, I can't find them. The trade market's a different story, but again, you have to give up assets. I just don't think it makes sense uh, to get rid of a guy like TJ Brody, who I'm expecting a bounce back season from. Yeah, and that's the gamble. That's the coin flip. How does this guy perform this year? I mean, we already got his name out there as potential buyout, so that's kind of a confidence rubber. But, you know, yeah. you 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 have a conversation with him, and his relationship with Tree Living is probably decent. And, you know, and tell this guy he's not going anywhere. You're our guy. Um, I didn't even think he had that bad of a season last year. He says, oh, I can be a hell of a lot better. I'm doing this, that, and the other thing in the summer to make sure that happens. Okay, awesome. Let's get on track with you. You're our guy. And, and away you go. And then 
you roll the dice. Hopefully that works. Or you have your eye on something else in the free agent market, or you think you can get this guy or upgrade in this way. You, you'll cut them loose and you use that money and try to upgrade. That's the GM's job. And yeah. to sit here and say, this is right and that's right is wrong because we don't know what's right. We can't, we don't have a crystal ball. You got to roll the dice and, and at the end of the day, make a decision that you think has the best probability of working out and it's fun because we get to sit here and watch what tree living does and say, okay, this is what he's thinking. And then go into the season with his decisions. So being a former defenseman, you had a cup of tea as defenseman played as a forward to wrap your career. I would love to get sort of your, your, your thought process. Cause there's a thing on social media. that has been driving me nuts. The last couple of weeks is just this emerging conversation about the back end and overhauling it and the goaltending. What should they do with Samsonov? Do we not forget the underlying problem? This team can't score when it matters most. But again, I ask you this as a former defenseman because I had all of those people come at me on social media and be like, oh, you know, everything starts in the back end. I get that. But to go this far and say they need a massive overhaul where I don't think defense has been the story in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Rosie. Yeah, we've talked about that here too. And it seems to be the first thing that everybody goes to when they say this is how you win. And and that's true. But, you know, we've we've got our goaltending situation in a pretty good place. Um, our defensemen are pretty solid. And the problem always when it comes down to it after a long season of 110 or 115 points and and this and that. It's all fine and dandy, but it all comes down to the reason we lose is we can't score a bloody goal. And that's the frustration of the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans right now is look at their core four. Look at how like you have bolstered your roster with a core four group who is so talented and has so much offensive power that the fact that their problem is they can't score a goal is just pull your hair out frustrating. (laughs) What do you do about it? People were talking about blowing up the core four, which parts of that may still happen in some respect. Um, Do you get, you know, uh, you know, an $8 million defenseman who's very offensively powered and try to get some offense going from the top. It, it's hard to say, but I agree with you. That's that hasn't been their Achilles heel as far as, Oh my God, we scored six goals, but we lost seven, six because our defense is so shitty. That's not the problem. We're losing three, two because we can only score two goals in a huge game that we've had our whole season to get pumped up for. And, and these guys just show up as absolute ghosts and you're looking at the TV screaming at saying, fucking do something. And year after year, they don't. So what that problem is, maybe they need a sports psychologist in the bloody room on retainer or something because I don't know how to fix that right now because you have the powerhouse and the big guns in place and your problem is still you don't have the you know rewards and the benefits of having big guns and offensive powerhouses. So it's it's an anomaly, man. And and what you're do what we do about it is exactly where Leafs Nation has been the last few years or decades if you want to go yeah everyone everyone's trying to play the blame game but ultimately as we talked about at nauseum throughout the season the blame is on the players but i think it's become crystal clear and again i'm always so careful to believe everything i hear this time year so that's why not to say i'm skeptical about the fact that it sounds like the core four is going to be back and all the pillars are going to be back in the mix i'm just always weary of that type of conversation this time of year because pk suban was dealt two days after he was told he was good in Montreal. There's plenty of reasons why things can shift in a mentality. But this is on the players. I mean, let's not mince anything. And and just this overwhelming conversation about the blue line just has to go. Like, I, 
I don't think that was the issue. And I understand maybe you need some upgrades here and there. Maybe that helps offensively. But at the end of the day, it's about the four players up front and the guys who couldn't score the goals when it mattered most. So certainly we'll have that conversation a lot over the next couple of weeks leading into free agency. But for now, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And so we were talking off-air before the show. I said, dude, I can't bet on those shitty-ass Toronto Blue Jays. So we're going to look at the New York Yankees tonight. The Yankees hosting the Seattle Mariners, two perennial playoff teams. I'm going to look at the over six and a half. So you're looking at minus 133 for value. A really, really strong pitching matchup on paper. You have Garrett Cole, the ace of the New York Yankees. George Kirby, uh, maybe the, you know, the two, two slot there for Seattle. He's an absolute stud. I have him in fantasy baseball this year. But I'm looking at the over because that six and a half number is juicy, especially when you're playing at a Little League ballpark that is Yankee Stadium too, where the ball you can just throw it in the air and it'll go out of the park. So I'm going to look at the over in that game, six and a half, Seattle and New York. Does that do it for you? Six and a half for the whole game. Hey, I, uh, I'm going to get my phone out here and bust out that uh, website because why not? Let's go. I like it. I don't bet on baseball ever. And uh, I'm sitting here going, there's going to be more than seven runs scored tonight. Let's go. Watch it be like a 2-1 game. But again, I, I just... you, you all weird, man. It, it really is weird. And you know what's weird is the Toronto Blue Jays, man. They're so shit. Like I'm tell- I told you, like baseball is my first sport. I can't watch them. They're so bad. Are they still garbage in their own division and then winning elsewhere? No, they're just, yeah, some like that, but it's tough. Anyways, let's look at the chat now. Uh, Moon McVise makes a really good point. To your point earlier on about if there's a coach out there, you make the change. Well, I'll add Barry Trotz was there last year. We had him on the show, of course. Mood McVives is in Cassidy was available for a moment. Let's not forget that. Bruce Cassidy was a free agent. He was canned last year. Goes to Vegas, wins a Stanley Cup, but... To that point, I will throw the fact that there was somebody else at the helm of this team, right? It's not Brad Living's team. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he makes some big moves or not. Like it's kind of it's kind of touchy. Say you're from the outside and maybe you don't follow the specific ins and outs of the Toronto Maple Leafs the way, say, most fans do or the way we do on this show. And you step in there and you go, holy shit, this is a big powerhousey team look what they've done in the regular season the last couple of years you've got this and that in place and I know a lot of these guys and I got relationships with them I know what they're capable of and okay and I I imagine that you would be a little bit cautious to just tear it apart right you get there and you're going wow I can work with this I'm going to tweak a couple things and I can work with this and I imagine that's where his his mind is but going into the draft and going into free agency I, I really believe is where if he makes a splash or puts a bit of a fingerprint on this roster for this year it'll it'll happen at those times our guy, uh, Donnie, does dishes on a rampage yet again today. Donnie? Nobody wanted Brody. True Living tried to trade him. The only team interested was Toronto. So I guess that's your answer. I still happen to believe that he believes in TJ Brody. And TJ Brody had a tough year. I still think he's a really good defenseman. The best thing about TJ Brody, you never hear about the guy when he's playing his best. He just goes about his business, does his thing, and he's a quiet player. And, and this year, he wasn't quiet, and that's why his name popped up quite a bit. 
Well, that's the thing about being a D man. I mean, I remember when I was a defensive uh, defenseman and playing pro and the coaches would say, if, if, if I don't even think about you the whole mm-hmm. game, then you've played a good game. And it's like, yeah, I'd want to have those big hits and you want to do this stuff that, that stands out a little bit, but when you're moving the puck and getting it to the forwards and getting out of your zone clean and uh, you know, holding the line and having good gap control and keeping everything to the outside. I mean, it's not flashy. It's not something they talk about after the game, but it's super, super effective. And, and when TJ Brody is doing that, um, he, he's a guy you want on your roster when he's doing that. But uh, what is the price tag of that and how bad is his bad games and when do they happen? So, I mean, all things to consider, but not, not an easy position to play by any stretch. Ian in the chat hit this one out of the park. Justin Hall's leaving, man. This team needs a new whipping boy, right? Ian says, so I guess Brody's a new whipping boy. I'm so happy he's gone, man. He (laughs) was so fucking terrible. He ate, he was like the number one minute eating man at so many different junctures of the game. And he was so bad. And he's a guy that stands out every night for just boneheaded plays, goals against. Why is he out there with two minutes left? Bang, back in the net. And it's just shocking. I've never seen anything like it. Usually a guy like that gets stapled to the bloody bench and they use him sparingly. I've never seen anything like that. And the fact that we don't have to deal with it again this year, I couldn't do it again. Dude, how you felt about Justin Hall, I felt about Mart- Martin Marincin. I don't know if you remember that name. Holy mm-hmm. fuck. Mike Babcock loved that guy. He'd throw him Mike out every Marincin? game. Yeah, Marty Marincin, dude. The, like Holy He fuck. loved, he was obsessed with that guy. And it was the same feeling you got every time Justin Hall hopped the boards. I felt the same way about, about Martin Marincin. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know why coaches get in their heads weird things sometimes, yeah. and I don't get the whole thing. But like I said, I haven't seen anything like that where a guy who's clearly the bottom of the barrel, and that happens, you're going to have your sixth, seventh defenseman who's in sometimes, but they treated him like he was the number two, number one guy. It was it was shocking, and thank goodness it's over. What's your read on Luke Shen? Uh, the story the came out, I think, on Friday. They were not close on extension talks. I have heard, I have heard that, and I was texting him, and he was in the middle of a thick, thick bachelor party. So um, I imagine he's letting the agent right now do the works. But uh, I'll see if I can sneak in there and get a little bit of inside goods on what's going on. But yeah, I kind of expected them almost to have something done. But you know, Lukey coming off a, a big yeah. year here, and he's put up points, and he's been solid. He's been physical. He's been exactly what they need. So he's like, well, you know, a few extra hundred grand here and there. I mean, let's be honest. And if the Leafs think they're going to pay him league minimum. No, he's not taking that. He's not a league minimum defenseman anymore. He's proven his value in several different areas. So I'm sorry, the Leafs are going to have to give him at least his value. And I really believe in a team that's really suffering from a lack of physicality and a lack of grit. His value is even higher than it is for other teams. So they should be trying to get him locked up. And if they're not trying to swindle him with a with a league minimum, they're going to end up uh, without him. I think they'll find common ground. I really do feel like Luke Shen loved his time here. We love having him on the show. And I think if I'm the agent of Luke Shen or I'm Luke Shen personally, I just sent him a highlight tape of the Stanley Cup playoffs, him scrapping Patrick Maroon and laying guys out and left to right. Like you need those type of players in the playoffs where it's like in the regular season, I could not give a fuck what Luke Shen did. Having said that, look at the body of work with Quinn Hughes. Look at the body of work in the postseason with Morgan Raleigh. Luke Shen has done everything to prove himself at the NHL level the last couple of years. And I think it warrants obviously more money on the table per season league minimum. So if he's not going to get it here, I think somebody's going to give it to him. Yeah, he brings more to the table than just looking at a stat line. I mean, he 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 what he put up 20 some points this year yeah. as a stay at home 
you know, big defenseman who's physical. Um, the physicality speaks for itself. His leadership in the room. He's won Stanley Cups. He knows what it looks like. And I'll tell you firsthand, that guy is the first guy at the rink. He's doing all the right things physically and nutritionally. He is working out in that gym nonstop. He is doing all the activation, all the band work. He, he's been doing it for forever and he does it to the highest um, amount that I have seen professionally. He puts in the time and he is dedicated to his craft. And if you have young guys coming up or, or guys that don't quite get that, having someone like that in your locker room almost forces everyone else to do that because you can't be the young guy not doing it if old Luke Shen's fucking doing it. Uh-huh. And he does that stuff in spades. He's got a lot more going for him than just what it shows on the stat line. And he's he's got value. And if they don't if they don't get up to at least where his value is, I'm not saying overpay the guy. I don't want the least to overpay anybody. But give him his value and get him done so you can move on. The best thing about Luke Shen, he hates to lose. We brought that up a couple of weeks ago, and I think this team, quite frankly, needs a bit more of that. So we'll leave the conversation at that. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. You were fantastic today. Great to have you back in the mix, Rosie. Tell me about it. This show was absolutely squandering and suffering for yeah. days and days, and finally we can get it back on the rails. Just kidding. You guys kill it when I'm not there. I watch in envy as I am not able to participate, but it's good to be back, buddy. Yeah, we we almost went off the air. I won't lie. Like you're you're just our fearless leader. We don't have you in the mix. I'm lost. Sure, I don't sure. know who to scrap. You know, we need our captain back in the mix. So it's great to have you back. Linus Allmark, you guys get Vesna winning dominant dominant big time all-star goaltender on the show i was jealous that i didn't get to get a piece of that too so check that out if people haven't seen that my god that's a big name and he had some good comments on toronto's power play and how to defend against them so make sure to check that out at our youtube page at the leafs nation 401 at the leafs nation 401 again we're available wherever you find your podcasts search Leafs morning take and we'll pop up but that's it for today we'll talk tomorrow many thanks to producer aaron for jay rosehill i'm nick alberga thanks so much for listening and watching take care deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.